I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today, my good friend, Jay Smith. Jay, what's up? Hey, what's up? Good to be here on the Wednesday pod. feel like I've got big shoes to fill. Alex's. I mean, I look forward to Wednesday pods. I look forward to Mondays as well, but... There's just something about Alex, what he brings to the podcast that makes me feel intimidated this morning. But that's all right. We're going to do it. We're going to talk. And it's also like the worst time to talk about the thunder because it's so dark. It is. This is this is the worst it's been. Uh, I want to start with a question. Do you have any idea what the Thunder's field goal percentage is since the All-Star break? I mean, no, I can guess. You want me to guess? Well, just guess their ranking. Oh, gosh, in the whole... In the NBA, since the All-Star break, where are the Thunder in a field goal percentage? 20th. They're dead last, Jay. Oh. They are dead last. Like, if you're looking for reasons why this team isn't winning basketball games, I think that has got to be number one, is that they're just not shooting the ball well. Here's some percentages... From the field, this isn't from three, and we can get all I can give you from three too, but this is just flat out field goal percentage since the All Star break. Deontay Burton's shooting twenty three percent since the All Star break. Dennis Schroeder thirty five percent on four almost fifteen shot attempts per game, thirty five percent from the field. Nader thirty six percent. Terrence Ferguson thirty seven percent. Paul George, this is the biggest one to me. On 20 shots a game, he's shooting 37.8% from the field. That is really bad. Ray Felton, when he's played, 38%. Markeith Morris is 38%. And then you get into some some better ones. Russ has been 45%, which is okay. Jeremy Grant, 46 And then our centers, New Orleans, 51 Adams, 59 Like They've been bad. And they've been bad largely because... Paul George has not been good, or he hasn't played. I think that's been a huge part of it. Yeah. So I'm just looking, just going back over the course of Paul George's last three games. Because one of the things that... So I'm an optimistic guy. I think we're both optimistic guys. And it's been really hard to be optimistic. That heat game was like a punch to the stomach. (laughs) So bad. Um, Because, and, and when there was this run where the heat went up 19 there. I think it was the fourth quarter. and you Because you always kind of assume like the Thunder are going to put it on. And they did. They ended up getting way too close uh, for what the way they played. It was too late, though. They, they turned, it was. They turned it on like in the last six minutes. And they were down. Were they down 19 at that point? Like, all right, yeah. guys, oh, yeah. it's too late. It's too late. Yep. You can't do this now. You can't do this now. You did it at the you, beginning of the game. And do it the last six minutes. That's not enough. It's just not I, enough. You know what's not terrible, Jay? Um, uh, the weather. Uh, the weather. The weather was beautiful yesterday, but also something else that's great is Price <laughs> Edwards and Company. They are a full-service commercial real estate firm that is called Oklahoma their home for 31 years, almost the entire time I've been alive, Jay. It's uh, a long time. It's a long time. They have offices in Oklahoma City and Tulsa, and they can take care of your commercial property management needs. Their expert staff of brokers and associates specialize in retail, land, office, industrial, and apartment leasing and are available to help you today. Oh, they can also help you lease or sell an apartment. Uh, you can visit priceedwards.com for more information. These people are Thunder fans as well. So they you can talk to them about how mad you are about the team and you know what they're going to understand you which is another great they thing <laughs> about price edwards and company support the people that support down to dunk and go check out price edwards and company 
But kind of the general point um, I wanted to bring up, though, is it does feel like Paul George is trending in in a positive direction. Yeah. Like you look at that Heat game, he was 9 of 18, 4 of 11 from the three-point line. Those are great percentages. The Warriors game is just a throwaway game. Oh, gosh. You can't even really look at it because it was just so ugly. He was 4 of 12 from the three-point line, 9 of 25. But I think the whole point of that, here's the two things I would say for that, that Warriors game, is if Russell was the worst version of Russ, and Ferguson is the one that makes me the most nervous, to be honest with you right now, because these other guys, it's like, yeah, I mean, I trust that Paul George is going to play better. And he has like he played well mm-hmm. against the Heat. He's kind of trending in that direction. Russ is Russ. And so I think you're going to see Russ on fire tonight, like like just literally like head on fire. He better be because I mean, I think that you firmly place that loss on the shoulders of Russell on Monday. Absolutely. Like they win Absolutely. that game without him. And he for selfish reasons he did not play. For yeah. selfish I'm like you can't I don't know. Like I I know that the team loves him. I know that Paul George does. I know that Billy Donovan does. And I know that his the way that he treats people is different behind the scenes than it is in the public eye. Like, he's not the guy that you see on the court, this fiery guy. He's not just the big jerk that he is to the media behind closed doors. But, like, and I asked Royce this yesterday. Like, I, like, wh- where do the, the teammates draw the line on those things? You know what I mean? Like, if, I don't, I don't know. If you had a friend that was acting one way in one situation and in the other way in another, like, where you're just like, hey man, like that's not cool. <laughs> like, like he didn't answer any question about the texts, which was like the only story from that Warriors game was that he got 16 texts and they played like trash. So which one do you want to talk about, Russell? And like, because yeah, you probably neither would be the right. I, and it was neither. which is what he did, right? It was neither. So, and but he asked like, you have that's a part of your job. Like I just. I don't the next questioning everybody like he's going to next question Barry to oblivion. Yes, we know that. But like next questioning Royce on two of his questions like, okay, like, come on, dude. Like it was just it was ridiculous. So here's how you fill in the blanks on that. So number one is what that tells me is that uh, he's embarrassed. Like you just have to read into it what it is. Like the truth is, is he's incredibly frustrated with himself. Yeah. Um, and. And I don't, I think that the players and the coaches, like there's a differentiation, like the only time or the players in the media, like obviously they don't really care how Russ treats the media. Like they don't like that doesn't really impact the, the rest of the roster. But what bothers them is whenever you do put your team on the line, because that's substantial, man. Like what happens if at the end of the season, the difference between the four seed and the five seed to the six seed to the five, you know, like playing the Rockets in the first round or the, the Warriors in the first round, like one of these teams that's going to give you problems. What if the difference is a game? It's it a game. It will be. Now, it will the hard be. Part, yeah. The hard part I will say about this is like, dude, the season, you can go back and you can look at this current stretch, and this current stretch is bad. Like it's bad. They're not mm-hmm. playing well. They're 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 not really engaging fully for an entire game. There's a lot of things for me to complain about about this team. Um, and some of it is injury related. Like I think to be honest, like I also think that Nerlens Noel being out against the heat was a, like a surprising issue as well. It mattered. Yeah. Um, and what was crazy about that heat game is I'm watching the starting lineups and I'm like, Oh, I guess Dragic, Dragic is hurt. And I guess Whiteside doesn't play anymore or something like that. And I'm like, no, actually they just became their bench for some reason. So, yeah. which I, you know, shows you how fall, how close I've been following the heat, but it's one of those things where you're watching it and like they could have absolutely used Noel in the, in that second unit versus Morris. Anyway, so, but there's all of these different things where you can kind of throw some of the excuses out. Paul George being hurt was just a, I mean, the timing of that could not have been worse uh, when he was. And it it really felt like it kind of just threw the whole team into a tailspin, to be honest. Like you can look back at those, that turn, and that's been the beginning of this stretch. And and losing is, is, becomes a habit. Uh, Playing a specific way becomes a habit and all those things. They just have to turn it around. And, And so, to go back to what I'm saying, like you can't, you can blame this current run if you want to, because obviously it's substantial. But you're going to look back at the end of the season and see those losses to the Hawks and the Lakers, and the there's so many games they just gave away throughout the season, and those are the ones. And, and I get it that that happens from time to time. The Warriors lose to the Suns, like I get it; those things happen. 
But those are the ones that are really going to kill you whenever you look back. Because it's not this one, you know, the loss to the Warriors. Because you're like, eh, you know, it's not the loss to the Clippers. The Pacers won't hurt, but it's the second out of a back-to-back. And they literally played like a team on the second out of a back-to-back. Came out hot. Ended up fading away in the fourth quarter. Like, there's a whole bunch of, like, built-in reasons for this streak to be what it is. The Heat game hurt like crazy, too. But but you look back at some of those losses, and, and I don't have the... You know, I could look at the schedule, but I don't want to spend the next 10 minutes walking through all of those losses. The Minnesota losses have been just one of those that you're going to look back and just be incredibly frustrated by. Losing to the Kings multiple times. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, that stretch where they lost to Atlanta and the, the Lakers, and they lost to Washington by 20. You know, there's you can just pile up enough of those losses to where it's like, oh, that's that's where the season came down. You know, losing to the, the Pelicans the day before the All-Star break, you know. And so that's the hard part is, is you've got to swallow a lot of those losses, but this streak just kind of amplifies the, the place where this team is. And, and what's crazy, and I mentioned this to you yesterday, is like this team is going to finish around the same wins that they had last year. And there's no question to me that this team is a better team than they were last year. Yeah. They may not be playing like it currently, but they are a better team than they were last year. There's no, there's no question about that to me. Uh, from top to bottom, they're a better team. They're deeper. They have more players that you trust. I think it does hurt that I think this team, when they play in the season, they thought they'd have Dre and Abrinas in the lineup right now. Absolutely. And that's something that I, that hurts because you're playing guys. You didn't, that probably aren't quite ready to play the minute totals that they are like in a guy like Abdul Nader, um, even Deontay Burton. Like, I just don't know that those guys are completely ready to play real minutes. Uh, but they kind of have to, and they've done a good job. You know, like I give those guys a ton of credit. They've worked really hard. It's not like they've looked terrible. They have at times, but for the most part, they've been fine. But I think the Thunder were counting on having more than fine there. Um, and so let me ask that. So, so in the same line, there's way more pressure on Ferguson this year, I think, than they would have assumed he would have taken two because yeah. you, I mean, you know, like if there's a night where Ferguson is off, then you could run with the Brinus for a while. Or you could, you know, like Dre could be the starter. We don't know what that could look like. They knew Dre would be out for a while, mm-hmm. but they didn't know it possibly be the whole season. Um, so what do you think? I mean, how significant do you think this Ferguson stretch of kind of, I mean, he's just struggling. I don't know. I mean, you could probably pull up his numbers, but he has been really bad. It feels like from the three point line, especially, um, recently, and they they need that. They he, the reason they were blowing people to pieces in January is because Ferguson was shooting at probably an unsustainable clip, yeah. but you didn't figure it was going to be boom or bust. Like it's either forty plus percent or five, you know, which right. has kind of felt like it's been a little bit more recently. Yeah. So, how significant do you think Ferguson has been as part of this stretch? It's a huge part of it because you there were so many moments in that Heat game and even the Warriors game early on when it felt like they had actually a chance to compete with them. Or Ferg would get a wide open corner three, and you're like, "All right, Ferg, you got to hit this," and he misses. Like he missed a ton. Um, as far as like, I think he's going to turn it around as a shooter. Like guys go through slumps like this. Like Kyle Korver goes through slumps like this. This is just a part of being a shooter in the NBA. Is that you're going to go through stretches? You know, the past eleven games, um, I think that he's only hit two threes twice. Um. Which and then he went through a stretch where he was consistently hitting two or more threes, so I think I think he's going to turn it around. But it's a big part of it. Like the three point percentage is a huge part of the story to me. I mean, I think that they depend too much on their three point percentage as a part of them winning or losing. Which most, I mean, it's 2019. Most teams do that. Uh, but with as streaky as this team can be, it's it's been tough because you look since the All Star break. Schroeder's 26% from three. Terrence Ferguson, 28%. Paul George, 31%. Nader's 33%. And then, like, you get into the guys that are shooting good. Jeremy Grant's 40%. Markeith is 36%, which is about right. And then Russell's 35%, which is uh, very unsustainable. Uh, But you need, like, all your shooters are shooting poorly. 33% for Nader. Nader's a better shooter than that. Paul George is certainly better than 31%. Ferguson's certainly better than 28%. Schroeder's better than 26%. And so it's just as good as they were in January, they're equally as bad now. And that's it will level out. Shots will fall. Like If they just keep shooting, it's going to happen. 
And hopefully it happens sooner than later and that they don't keep shooting like this until the end of the season because then they're going to find themselves in like the seventh seed. You're playing Denver in round one. And then you're likely looking at a first round exit. Now, I know a lot of people look at the standings and they're like predicting like you use like the way that they played against Miami and the way they play against uh, Golden State and think, oh, they're definitely there's no way they're going to end up in the four five. They're six, seven for sure. And that may be true, but there's still a lot of time like there's. As far as like the standings go, there's a lot of time because they win tonight, they lose in Toronto, and then they go and win three in a row. Like they're they're in good shape, you know. Um, I think the Thunder they got to put it together. A, the Thunder have a chance if they play the way they can. Um, yeah, which is what you know saying anything, but they have a chance in every game they play. Like they play Houston at home, they play Denver at home, which are the two hardest teams they have left, unless you count the box out on the last day of the season. Yeah, but who knows uh, who's Toronto. playing for that team. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then you play Toronto in Toronto. Like, that's obviously going to be a hard one. And who knows who plays that. Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry had an ankle issue. I haven't seen if he's actually listed as out or playing tonight. Yeah, that's a good question. Let me look that up. Um, and then you have Kawhi, who's, who's you know, who knows if he plays the whole time either. He may be out on Friday or he could play. So, yeah, he's questionable against the Thunder tonight. So we'll see. He's day-to-day. He, or also known as down to dunk. Um, That's right. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's if the Thunder can get these Raptors where in the Raptors are good, man, they've been good all season. But they also I know just recently they've lost a few in a row, uh, which it's hard, man. That's the other thing you don't want to think of is the fact that like the thing that sucks is there's a lot of other teams that are playing really well right now. Like the Clippers are, I think, seven and three in their last ten. You have the Spurs are nine and one in the last ten. You have the Rockets who are nine and one in their last ten. You have the, you know, everybody around the Thunder is playing way better, mm-hmm. and the Thunder are just tanking. They're four and six in their last ten, and that's not even indicative of really how it's felt like they've been playing recently. Yeah, that's that's definitely a part of why I feel so bad as a Thunder fan because I think if the Spurs weren't on this giant winning streak, it wouldn't feel like this. Because exactly. they would be in five. They would be at five right now. And you'd be like, yeah, like it's unfortunate, but you know, they're not, they're not playing well. And you know, like the, there's a ton of excuses as to why this team isn't performing like they should, but like the, the Blazers haven't had CJ McCollum now and they beat the Pacers, you know, like other teams have other excuses as well, but they can still, they're still winning games and the Thunder, they're just in a they're just in a bad spot overall and the team is confident which i don't i don't know how i feel about that i don't know if if i need to feel encouraged or if i need to be frustrated by that but like you be around the team they're like yeah we'll be fine and they're very much like process over results with the way that they talk about the team and everybody's nobody's unhappy with each other everybody's and I guess, I mean, I guess it'd be, it's better than the alternative, but for sure. And there's those a part of you that like wants them to be like super frustrated, but yeah. they've been playing too, which they get frustrated after the games. Like you see Paul George's response after the heat game, like you can tell he's frustrated and then he kind of, you know, breathes it out. And I guess they had, I don't know if that was last night, but I saw Leslie McCaslin posted some picture of some, they do some event yesterday and it's seems like maybe that was an older picture, but it seems like it's one of these things where you know, when they get kind of back into practice and they get in the swing of things and they're home right now, which is really, really nice. And so, yeah, you know, and, and that maybe they just have a long view that we struggle to get where it's just like, hey, this is continuing our process. Um, and so if they get the six seed or the four seed or the five seed, like and that's the deal is they're a half a game away from being where they want to be anyway. Like, obviously, the three seed would be ideal. Um, but I, I, I think that's too far away. Um, and I think that's, you know, I'm not that's not an earth shattering prediction or anything but but I don't think they're going to catch the Rockets in the three seed. But if you can get the four seed and you play the the Trailblazers or you play the Jazz, like you could still be kind of where you are. And I think the biggest fear for us is like another first round exit because that just becomes a trend. And I think another part of that is like the amount of um, hell that we have to hear about the Thunder. It's like, oh, like even the Ringer started building this article up where they need this recalibration because we're starting to see is this core actually sustainable or is it something that's going to be beneficial? And it's like, Dude, this team's good. Like I'm not ready to, to throw the, you know, talent on this team because they are like, 
they've shown that that there are stretches where they can be a really really dynamic and really 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 good team and so mm-hmm. um i don't know there is a long view that we have to kind of remember but it just sucks in the current because it doesn't feel good it's not enjoyable to watch them get i mean really they got smashed by the heat for a majority of that game and just seemed like mm-hmm. they didn't really care the warriors game was one where it was like okay well after the first quarter you were like here it goes we're just going to watch them battle for the next three quarters trying to catch it up and they get to seven and it would go back to 20 and it was like just exhausting watching that game yeah and it felt like after they they beat utah on the road which was a great win 98 to 89 then they beat brooklyn at home where they go on that crazy second half run and then they're killing the spur or the uh the Pacers. pacers and you're just like oh wow okay they're putting it together like they're ramping it up and then it they really did there were parts of that pacers game where you're like they're back yeah for three quarters you were like the thunder are freaking back well about two and a half and then they started fouling everybody always mm-hmm. and then they let go and then since then it's been like it's been miserable like losing to the losing to golden states it feels like losing five games in a row you know it really does <laughs> And most fans, I think, felt that that night. And, like, I get it. Like, I totally get it. It's it's terrible to lose to that team in that fashion where you just get blown out. And you just feel like there's no way you could beat them. Like, that's – but they were having that kind of night, too. Like, Draymond Green hit three threes. He's done that four times a season. It's like, we didn't oh, yeah, play – Steph, Steph and Clay were just they unstoppable. They were on fire. Yeah. And so, like and, – And as good as the Warriors were, the Thunder were pretty much the exact opposite. Right. And there, I'm getting multiple tweets like, well, this does – nothing matters anyways. Like, we could never beat this team. Like, now, like, people are like, well, we should, should we just blow it up this summer? Like, what's the point? And it's like, all right, guys. Like, just just chill out. Like, I, like I get your frustration. You should be frustrated. Like, this is a frustrating part of the season. No doubt. No doubt. But this team, and we've seen it. We've seen it over and over again. Like, they, they'll turn it on, they'll, turn, they'll, they'll go back off again. Like, they started the season, they lost four games in a row. And then people are just losing their minds, including myself. And then what they win? Like, eight in a row after that? Seven in a row? Yep. They need to do something like that right now, though. You know? Yeah. And it's not, and I guess my point is, like, it's, it's very possible. Yeah. Like, they need to Absolutely. win. They need... They need to, I mean, come on, you got to show up for Nick Collis tonight. Yeah, that's, so that was one of my, my thoughts is I feel like there's going to be, there's going to be energy in that arena. I'm actually excited I'm going to that game, but there's oh, going to be are. a ton. Yeah. Where are you man. sitting? Uh, the Lawrence's seats. Ooh. Uh, so fancy. right there in 20 something. I think it's just, I can look up and see if you're where you. Just wave at me. So, I'll wave to I you f- from uh, my perch. From Sky City, man. So, yeah, but it should be like there's already this building energy for that game. Yeah. And Russ is coming back from his suspension. And so you have to assume that he watched that game against the Heat and was just like. So even any of us who played on the lowest levels of sports recognize like when you're out for a game and you watch your team struggle, which there's no way Russ didn't watch that game. Right. Oh, he watched. Um, Yeah. And so you know that like you're going to come back. And now the hard part is when Russ pushes too hard, like who do we know? But it could be one of those games where you see Russ just turn into like peak Russ where he's he's distributing the ball. He's he's just playing within himself. Like that's that's kind of my hope for tonight. And and so if you can build some momentum off of that win, you go back there and you play him on Friday. And who knows? Like if Lowry's still out and they're depending a lot on Jeremy Lin and Fran, Fred Van Fleet, like who knows? Like you just don't know what that looks like. Could the Thunder pull off two in a row? I think it's unlikely, but you don't know. But those <laughs> things build upon those things build upon each other, right? Yeah. Like you start to gain momentum, and that's what's happened is since the All Star break, and it really started with that Pelicans loss before the All Star break. Like, yeah, there's the momentum has moved towards losing, and every time it feels like they may have grabbed back some momentum, like it feels like the schedule has kind of worked against them, and so because they come out and they play the Jazz. And the momentum felt like it was like, hey, the Thunder are still legit. Like, this is this is great. It's the reminder that they can still play. And then they play immediately the next night against the Kings, like 15 hours later is what it felt like. And then they go on this monster road trip where they lose to Minnesota, which is just their Achilles heel. But then they play Portland. They win Portland. You're like, hey, maybe this is it. Maybe they're going to figure it out. And they start to kind of play better. And then they go right back to back against the Clippers. And then they beat Utah. And they beat Brooklyn. And then they have to play back to back against it. Like, there's built in 
excuses. Trust me, like I can find excuses anywhere, but there's kind of built in reasons where it's like they haven't been able to build any momentum in, in a positive direction um, in this last span. And so they play Golden State. So maybe they can get back on the road against Miami. Well, wait, Russell Westbrook's suspended because he's a dummy and doesn't know how to control his emotions on the basketball court. Like mm-hmm. it's this compilation of these things where every momentum has been just kind of all over the place. You know, it's like a car that's um, can't get started in gear. And so it's just jumping back and forth. You know, it's like just hopping back and forth. I wish you could see me as I was giving that image in my head of just <laughs> hopping back and forth in my kitchen. But it's one of those things where it's like they need to start building some momentum. And you hope, yeah. you hope that tonight at 830 here, Central Standard Time, Nick Collison's in the house. Supposedly Kevin Durant will be here as well. Like all of these different things that they can they can figure out how to put something together and really show that the – and this is on ESPN too. Like they can show the, the whole – world that they're they're not as bad as we've kind of painted them to be over the last few weeks yeah i mean they have been bad over those last few weeks and also like the travel stuff is real go look at the beginning of the schedule for the utah jazz and how tough their schedule was and how awful their travel was and they looked abysmal like it's a part it's a part of it and i know like I've gotten, I cannot tell you, Jay, how many tweets I've gotten about people that are just like mad at me because I'm optimistic <laughs> and like generally have a positive outlook on life and things. Like people yeah, just, what's wrong with you? People get so mad. They just want blood right now. <laughs> um, but the, here's the thing like, you can definitely look and find excuses and explain away a lot of these, like, Lots of people have lost to Sacramento this season. You lose to Denver in Denver. Like, that's really difficult. You lose to a good Sixers team. You lose at San without Antonio, where they've without been incredible. Right, without Paul George. You know, you can make excuses, but the thing is, they shouldn't lose all of those games. Like, they shouldn't be losing no. all of them. No. You know, you lose to LA on the second half of back-to-back. Like, yeah, like you, I, you get it. Like, I get all of it. You lose to Golden State at home. Yeah, of course. But you... At some point, you're just like, okay, like they need to get like two of those that I just mentioned. <laughs> you know, if they get two of those, like they're in fine shape. Again, they were in position, like they're in position to win that game in Philly, and then maybe that carries over some momentum to the game in San Antonio. But sometimes, like you said, like losing can become a habit, and I think losing and playing a certain way carries can carry over. You know, oh, yeah, and the and the Thunder have been playing this way in some sense for almost a month, where it's like take the first quarter off. Yeah. Start playing a little bit in the second quarter, third quarter, try to catch up and then fourth quarter t- pull away. And and the, so the hard part in the midst of that is like you're create they are creating habits. They're creating habits and habits are really hard to change. Yeah. Um, especially whenever you're all over the place, you know, and that's why I was kind of hoping this homestand would be something where they could break some of those. But obviously playing the Warriors doesn't help. And then playing the heat without Russ like that's. That changes the dynamic too, because as much as Russ isn't the best player on the team anymore, like he's still the leader of this team. It's still Russell Westbrook's team. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, all those things matter. And, and here's like for all those people that think we're being too optimistic. Hey, the Thunder suck. Like they've been playing <laughs> terrible. They've been playing terrible for a month now. They have. They've been awful there. And every record has said that every number. We've already talked about how their field goal percentage is atrocious and embarrassing like they suck right now what do you want us to do like why the hell should they even make the playoffs at this point who cares let's just blow it up and let's just move on let's figure out how we can get the highest draft picks maybe we can get zion if we trade our entire roster and we can rebuild does everybody feel good about that now does that feel great (laughs) do you feel like you've been you've had your back padded and justified your feelings of just complete depression about this team like that's not what we do the point of this is not to sit here and say that the team sucks you know what this team could be is out of the playoffs you know what this team could be a freaking middling team in between the lottery and, you know, like a good pick and not even making the playoffs. That's where we could be. You guys want to be the Grizzlies? Great. You all can go follow the freaking Grizzlies. We're going to be optimistic because we believe this team is better than this recent crap stretch, which they are. Like, they've proven it. Yeah. Like, are you going to throw away the rest of the season for the sake of the last four or three weeks? Like, I don't want to do that because I don't feel like this is indicative of who they really are. Like, I think there are legitimate things that have been in their run over the last three weeks that are are really like actual built-in things that say hey you know what? we knew this stretch would be hard throwing in a paul george injury and a russell suspension and being on the road this much which is one of the things i didn't realize like early on in that stretch i didn't realize they were going to be this um on the road and there's i mean they've played three back-to-backs in the last three weeks you know and so mm-hmm. there's there's a whole bunch of built-in things that you can actually say like man that kind of 
doesn't help a team that's already struggling to pull themselves out of that kind of tailspin. And so, like, if you want us to be that, then that's fine. We'll be it. If this Thunder sucks, they're going to be the eighth seed and get swept in the first round. Sorry. What a terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible team. Uh, one more negative take. Uh, and then we can, I think that we do need to talk about Billy Donovan. Uh, so th- this stretch was bad, but it was so close to being even worse than this. Like they win that game in double overtime against Utah at home. Like they were a Paul George prayer of a floater away from losing that game. And then they, they nearly lose this game to Memphis where Russell ends up just, he craps the entire game away and then ends up hitting like two shots at the end to win it. Uh, and then they win in overtime against Portland, you know, like those three games, like if they didn't, like they were so close to losing all three of those games. If those things just went the way that everything else had been going, I mean, we're talking, I mean, they're, they only have 39 wins right now. Like, sure. It could yeah, be, a, I mean, it could be a lot scarier. I, I try to avoid doing that because at the same time, I can take you back to, you know, and I can't think back that far to a, a Sacramento game, but I can think to the, Philadelphia game where it's like Tobias Harris is hitting three pointers fading out of bounds, you know, like well, and Mike Scott hits that wide open three where Markeith miss. They don't communicate with Markeith on the defensive end. Yeah. And he leaves. So it. you go to that. You have the Clippers game where they had four, hey, three different I'm players. Just, I'm just pandering to my negative Twitter people. But right you know, now, but that's, so it's like for me, it's like always one of those things. Like if you, if you start dissecting every single game, I just like might start banging my head against the wall because it's like, <laughs> so what happened? It's what happens against Miami. If Paul Jordan, instead of trying to pass the Terrence Ferguson on that fast break, when they're down six just goes up and dunks the ball or gets fouled and finishes like what happens if they make the right decision at that point where it's a four-point game the thunder have the ball like that's what's so crazy is nba really basketball in general really any sport like there's one or two plays that really can shape the entire entire game like Mm -hmm. you can look at a box score and not understand the game because you can look back and say you know against golden state even you could say hey you know like if the Thunder can do this. Like there were multiple times where they had the momentum and they just missed a shot. Like Ferguson, it felt like every time that there was a big chance for him to hit a corner three, he just missed it. Yeah. And I'm not saying you win the game, but it's like, who knows what happens if one or two plays switches. And that's the crazy. And that's, what's enjoyable about this game. Whenever your team's winning, mm-hmm. but when they're losing, it's just like, you know, hate my life. Anyway. So I don't know. I, I don't do that very well, man. I didn't, I don't, I don't get into sports. I don't want to talk every, you know, like if we were a podcast, I think we started in large part because it was a blast watching this team, you know, however long ago, seven and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And so for us, like it would be, if we started getting on these soapboxes of how bad this team is, which I feel like we've been critical of this team, like over the course of their time together, like they're not playing well. And there's a lot of reasons why some of it's Russ's selfishness. Some of it is, I mean, he, his abysmal play, some of it is Paul George, you know, not playing well for a few games in that season. Ferguson's been terrible. Like, we've been that thing. But, yeah, what is that? How exhausting would it be if you and I just got on the pot every time we'd be like, this team's bad. There's nothing fun. To, and nobody listens. No one would like listen. I, I guarantee those of you that are listening today on Wednesday, I guarantee you that you're intentionally avoiding any conversation about NBA because you don't want to hear how bad your team is. Right. <laughs> yeah. like, no one yeah. wants to hear that crap. It's just funny. It's just funny because, yeah, no, in any time, like any other podcast is negative about the Thunder, how mad does everybody get? And then, like, now, like, people are just like, I better, better not hear you talking good things about this team. It's like, all right, dude. Cool. Okay. You go have, you go have fun with your day. Yeah, um, I don't like to live in a fog of depression like that, you know? So Right. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if Serge Ibaka's suspension is over. So here's my question. So I'll look that up. Why don't you answer this question? So if he if he is suspended, is. He, can't, he can't even be in. It's over. He So he had he served his last game against the Knicks. So, no. so he'll play or he'll be here. He'll be back tonight, which is fun. Yeah, uh, I'm glad he's here because I didn't know I couldn't remember. Like, if you're suspended, you can't even be in the arena, right? Correct. Yeah, like, Russell. Could he buy? Could he buy like a ticket? Like, fly in and buy a ticket? No. Can't Dude, so, who have you heard anybody else that's coming in town? I haven't. I'm super interested to see who's going to be Perk's, there. Perk's going to show up. I wonder. Yeah, I'll bet you. I'll bet we'll see a lot of people. I'm going to try to get there early tonight because I just, I just want to see who's going to be. Nate Robinson will be here. <laughs> 
about Kyle Weaver? Kyle Weaver. Oh, dude, Kyle Weaver better be here. Man. Eric Maynard. I'm trying to think of what other throwbacks. Robert Swift. Oh, Bobby Swift. Is he alive? I think he is. I think he's 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 pulled out. Okay. That's good. Uh Damien Wilkins. Ah, uh, Chris Wilcox better be in Chris the house. Wil- Chris I, Wilcox better be here. Dude, I loved Chris Wilcox. He tried to dunk it from whatever spot that he was given the ball, and I just loved him for it. He was awesome. Well, he was wasn't he like the corner piece of the Tyson Chandler trade? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Him and Joe Smith. Golly, Joe Smith better be in the house tonight, dude. I mean, uh, that stupid trade. I, will uh, f- I I feel like it would behoove us to talk a little bit. What's funny is behoove. I never ever use that word, but now all of a sudden I use it way too much. But I think it would be <laughs> beneficial for us to talk about. I don't know if you had this plan, but to talk a little bit about Nick Collison's retirement. Yeah, retirement. Yeah, uh, it's very cool. It's a big deal, man. Yeah, he is. He's and a lot of people. I know if you're not plugged in to the Thunder or Oklahoma City or even the Sonics at the time, like you don't. You're like I don't get it. Like why are they retiring his jersey? Like he's he's literally never averaged double digits scoring ever in his career. And you're gonna retire his jersey first. But it's just so much it's so much more than that. Like he's a guy that came into the city, he was like team captain, Mr. Thunder, uh kind of set the tone for the team, worked hard, he was a fan favorite, uh, and just a leader on and off the court for this team. And was just like the staple for Oklahoma City Thunder basketball um, around, you know, two or three stars the whole time. Uh, and like, I don't think there's anybody in Oklahoma City that would question his jersey retirement. No, and you look at it in, I, I think if you look at the Thunder culture, and it's hard, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's one of those questions that you just don't know. Like, is the, does the Thunder's culture come from Nick Collison or is Nick Collison? you know, a result of the Thunder culture. And I think it, I, I would almost say that the culture was set because of who Nick Collison is. Like, if you look at the way that they, they come, they work together. They have historically always had a really healthy locker room. Um, even when you've had some, some rough spots, like they've always kind of been able to pull out of that. You have even the simple things. Like I saw it one time, somebody posted a picture and I just saw it in the background where you have the Thunder, uh, in their practice facility, I guess it is, they have the picture of of guys rushing in to pick up players who fall. Like, that's just something the Thunder do. Now, they're not mm-hmm. the only team that does it. But it's one of those things that kind of just speaks to the culture that they've set there. And it's hard for me to think about this Thunder culture and not think about how Nick Collison was, like, fundamental in the creation of it and also the kind of living out of it. And so it makes – it's not – there was no question. I think we all even mentioned it whenever he retired. Is it's just like, all right, now when are they going to retire his jersey? And now, I get it. There are people that would say because of some of those things that he shouldn't have his number retired, man. But those are people that don't really understand or don't want to try to understand uh, this team. Like, there's some people that matter way more off the court than they matter on the court in, in their contribution to the team or the legacy. Like, that happens. Um, and it's as significant as those who had the numbers to back it up you know like mm-hmm. if you look at nick collison and kevin durant like not that i want to bring up kevin durant but obviously he'll be the next guy on it like kevin durant should get his number retired in oklahoma city like that's the reality and i know that sucks and it'll be a weird awkward night whenever that happens probably or potentially depending on how long it'll, it'll be a while this. it'll be a while it'll be a while i mean obviously he'll have to retire which will be five to ten years later but so you look at that and in Durant had an impact on the court, obviously, on who this team was. Yeah. But Nick Collison was as influential in the behind-the-scenes stuff and in the way this team functioned together as probably Kevin Durant was maybe on the court. Now, that may be saying a lot. Like, as I say it, I was like, oh, I'm probably being extreme on that. But it does feel like that's how important Nick Collison was to the creation of this franchise. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, like, to, the, to who the team is today, like, Steven Adams would probably tell you that Nick Collison was a huge part of his development. You know, oh, yeah. even Jeremy Grant, like Jeremy Grant didn't play with Nick Collison for that long, but I still think that he was a part of why who Jeremy Grant is today. Like he's, he's a guy that just is willing to help out in whatever way he can. And, and you saw that on the core, like he's always scrapping. 
uh, always taking charges, always making the right pass. He made that backdoor. How many times did we see him throw that backdoor bounce pass? I mean, you know, like the iconic moment where he's bleeding from the top of his head, just blood gushing all over his face. You're like, yeah. Like that's a very much a Nick Collison thing to happen. <laughs> and yep. not sure if we'll ever see that much blood all over somebody's face ever again. Uh, because he is just doing whatever it takes to win. And he's yeah. bashed his head on the floor like I don't know how many times. Uh, just because like all he wants to do is win. Well, and I think I think one of the other things that speaks to that is the fact that like you don't have like all the players are like, yeah, of course he's getting his number retired. You know, like, yeah. Like the players that played with him and the people that are part of this organization, like they understand how important Nick was and is to this team. You know, yeah. even Kevin Durant, like as much as we don't like him anymore, but like Kevin Durant prioritizing being in Oklahoma City for Nick's retirement, like that's saying something. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, you know, Kevin should come. And I know that we, we've talked about this, but Kevin should be here. Like it was a, like they played a lot together. In uh, what's cool, also cool, Antonio Daniels was one of his team, teammates too, and will be in the house for that. Which That's is, awesome. Which is pretty cool to see, to see that. But yeah, Nick Collison, he was great. Wish he could have really developed that corner three because I he may still be playing today if he could hit a corner three. But yeah, and if you're if you're a Thunder fan, if you're in town, you're going to the game. Like I, I think what I've heard is is that you, we were supposed to be there. I think at eight o'clock, and so thirty minutes before tip off probably about 35 minutes before tip off, but you need to get in the arena, man. It's going to be, it is going to be electric tonight. Like it'll be one of those, probably one of the most hyped home games, um, ever for the thunder. You yeah. Know? Like it's just going to be intense and, and, and it's going to be a good game. Like playing the Raptors will be a blast as well, but mm-hmm. it should be one of those things where there's going to be just like tangible energy in that arena whenever you get there. So get there, cheer loud, stand up, scream, take your shirt off. If you're a guy, uh, <laughs> Take your shirt off. Uh, I need one of two things. I need one of these two things to happen tonight. One, go and beat the Raptors for Nick Collison. Or two, Number one. everybody on the team that plays needs to take a charge at some point in the game. Oh, yeah. So either you're, you're going for one or the other tonight, Thunder. Dude, you know, I mean, I just know that they're going to play their guts out for that guy. And it's what's, here's what's crazy. As I say that, and I know that like most of the guys on the team – played like one or two seasons with him <laughs> right you know like westbrook who else would be the longest tenured steve westbrook steven played with them a lot uh andre as well yeah who's not playing but yeah wouldn't that be what would be i mean i know this is not gonna happen and it's just me just like what if this is the game where they're just like andre Robertson has been cleared to play <laughs> i mean there would be literally oh, exploding that would be then, wonderful oh. Yeah, Schroeder never played with them. Patterson played with them one season. Nader never played with them. Ferguson, one season. Nerlens never played with them. Deontay didn't play with them. Jeremy did. Ray did. Diallo didn't. Markeith didn't. Man. So, like, it's Westbrook, Steven Adams, Robertson that, like, had actually, like, spent years with him. Uh, Jeremy Grant as well, I guess, spent a couple years with them. But then, like, Ray Felton and... Paul and Terrence only one season with them. And I don't know if the Thunder did this on purpose, but having it to where Serge is back for Toronto, right. like that that's pretty cool too, because Serge and Nick played I mean, they played the same position. They worked out I mean they you know, I don't know if they did that on purpose or not, but it's it's kinda awesome to have Serge being able to be here as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Because uh, you kind of for even forget like what a huge part of this team Serge was. You know that's huge, man. Such a huge part. Uh, okay. Got time for some questions, Jay? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's knock them out. Okay. Let's see maybe we can run through in the next. Let's see. <laughs> There's so many sad ones. Will Terrence Ferguson make a three-pointer again? I hope so. I what, think so. What does winning feel like? <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while. Avery M12BC asks, have we heard anything about Dre? I have not. We'll maybe ask again tonight and see if there's any I think progress there. Point, man, just... We've got 11 games left in the season, man. Just assume we'll see him in 2020, 2020 or 2019, 2020 season. Yeah. Maybe uh, on another team. Jay Smooth P27 wants to know if Paul George is struggling because of the lack of spacing on the team. It could be. I don't think Paul has really struggled that much the last, at least the last few games. Obviously, the Warrior games, but I just throw that one in the toilet. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, I think spacing has been a problem. Like if, especially the Warriors, Warriors are just like, we'll pack the paint. If you're going to beat us, it's going to be Terrence Ferguson and Russell Westbrook hitting three pointers. And obviously that did not pay off for the thunder. Yeah. So spacing's a problem like that. It helps whenever you have guys that can make shots. Here's where I think Paul has struggled. And I think it could be due to what's going on with his shoulder is that his handle has been incredibly loose. Like yeah, he has ticked up. Yeah. He had not handled the ball well in a little while. And so I think that that that's a part of it, too, is that, you he, know, he can't get to the spots that he wants to as quickly. Yeah. And the thing I'll say about that is I think that's also indicative of somebody trying to do too much. Sure. Um, especially against the heat. Like him, mean, he really felt the pressure to lead this team by himself. And, and so in doing so, you do things that like he would force. You could see him forcing a few trying to attack. And, and so some turnoffs came off of that. And so I can see it as kind of a combination of both. Maybe it is his. Um, his shoulder still bothering him a little bit, but I think it's also trying to do too much, you know, cause that's what we do. Like the leaders of the team, Paul George and Russell Westbrook, like they try to force this team forward and sometimes it works and sometimes it's turn, you know, you turn the ball over you. That's, I mean, think about that. Paul George turnover to Ferguson. He's just trying to make the play that he thinks is the right play, but also what could make this team like could Ferguson get like, you know, it's just like instead of just going to the basket and finishing, like you're overthinking the simplest things in basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that that was a huge play. It felt like a turning oh, point for them. Uh, and Jeremy Parr wants to know if the Thunder lose in the first round again, should Billy be fired? He also he had a typo on his first on his draft of this tweet. And it's really funny. He uh, first wrote, should Billy be tired? Yes, but yes, absolutely exhausted. Uh, but I'm, what do you I'm what do you not, think about that? I'm not normally a fire Billy guy, uh, and I think you always have to ask. And this is not our job to do this, but like, so who do you replace him with? Um, is always something in the in the back of our mind. He only has one season left, so it's not like it'd be a huge buyout or anything like that. But um, I don't know. There's a lot of things behind the scenes going on that this team understands themselves better than we do. And so who knows what the real reasoning is, is, is Billy doing, you know, what's he doing behind the scenes? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it is hard for us not to put some of the blame on him. Um, but he also didn't go two of 17 from the field against the Warriors. And, you know, like <laughs> yeah. he also didn't get the technical and miss the heat game. Like, are there things right. that Billy could do that would be better? Sure. But man, to put ownership on this on Billy instead of putting it on the players is just, it's irresponsible. Like it's yeah. just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think context is massive for NBA conversations. And so if they end up falling to the seven or eight seed and losing the first round, like you're going to blame Billy Donovan that the nuggets have been a better team than the thunder this year. And so have the warriors. Like, and that's not, that's not a Billy Donovan thing. Right. Know? The more the more, you know, condemning one or whatever would be if they get the four or five seed and lose in, you know, five games to the Trailblazers. If they you lose know, to like, the Blazers or to the Jazz, then I the context is different. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Getting swept by the Warriors is not gonna be one of those things where you're like, You gotta blow it up. Like no, right. that everybody no. else is gonna get smashed yep. by the Warriors too. Yep. Yeah. I here's my question to all the Billy haters. Like, what's next? Fire Billy Donovan. Awesome. You guys can go just celebrate and be happy that a man lost a job. Now what? Like, who are they going to go get that will will satisfy you? Because I'll tell you this. Coaching superstars in the NBA is not easy. And Russell Westbrook's not the easiest guy to coach. And so, like, who who's it going to be? Like give yeah, me get like everybody that's tweeted at me to fire Billy or that you hate Billy or that your Twitter handle is at fire Billy. I hate him. Like what? Like who's next? Like who? Like yeah. who are they going to hire you, that's going to satisfy you? Like tell me who. T- post, give me a name. If, I don't have any names. Exactly. Give me a name. If if you post fire Billy, you have to also have and replace him with because if your answer is Mo Cheeks, pass, pass. We've seen what he does in the NBA. Like he has had multiple opportunities to to coach in the NBA and he has not done well in either one of his stops. Okay. Right. So yeah, like you know, you could have the Nate McMillan thing where you have somebody that comes in and does, you know, can change a little bit of the code. Like, I don't know. I like, we really don't know who's out there, but you're going to go hire Thibodeau. 
George no. Carl's still out there looking for a job. I just I, I I'm not Fred, saying that Fred Billy Lover. Donovan's a perfect coach or even like a great coach. Like I I think he's a good NBA coach. I do. Is he the right coach for this team? I I don't know that I can even answer that question. I still think that I'd like to see this team, you know, go on a run. Also, I just don't think they're going to let go let him go. I think they're going to give him another season. And then they may if they go out in round one this season and next, then I think that they may be looking for somebody else. And and I don't think it would. I don't think Sam would say, "Yeah, Billy's not a good NBA coach." I think he would say, "Yeah, maybe he just wasn't the right coach for this group," you know, which might yeah, be I the think- case. Like that could be the case. And like, but I'm not. I'm not saying that. Like, I just. I don't think they're going to fire Billy. And I, I'm just. I don't know what the alternative is. Like, if you yeah. get if somebody out there can give me a good alternative, then maybe I'll listen. And I think you have to look at with Billy, like you, you can't say he doesn't know basketball. Like he's right. one of the most decorated coaches in the history of NCAA basketball. He's done, you know, like he played at every level and was, yeah. you know, in college, he was one of the best stories of his era in the Big East basketball. Like there's a lot of things you can say about Billy, but you can't say he doesn't know basketball. Like, is it a personnel issue? Does he not know how to manage players? Is he not doing rotations the way that you feel like he wants him to? Is he not getting discipline out of his team, you know, the way you feel like he needs to? Which all of that's really, like, that's totally a spur-of-the-moment take because there are moments literally in January before the All-Star break where you're like, does Billy deserve some talk about coach of the year? <laughs> you know? And, and I know it's all results-based, but... You know, you can ba- you can blame Billy if you want to. I, you know, for me, I'm like, players got to play. And Billy will even say that. He doesn't ever call anybody out, but he's just like, I don't really need to motivate people. These guys are professional athletes. Like, they yeah. need to do that. Like, what do you want me to do? Tell them to be who they are literally being paid millions of dollars to be? Yeah. Well, and, so, al- and also, like, as much as, like, Russell isn't himself with the media, like, I'm not saying Billy isn't himself. I think he is himself to the media, but he's also not saying the same stuff he is to us behind the scenes. Oh yeah, and so yeah. if you like, want, like he needs to hold people accountable. We need accountability in this, and like I think there may be some accountability issues at some level. I think that Russell's probably a really difficult person to hold accountable at some level on the floor because he just plays so recklessly, and that's what's so great and so bad about Russell Westbrook is that he plays that way. Um, but overall like i think that he does a good job those guys like him and respect him and i don't think that every single guy that you bring in here that they're going to feel that way or at least russell's going to feel that way about them and so like i get the frustration i don't i think that billy is to blame in some ways for this run uh, but does it mean he's an awful coach like i i don't i just don't think so and i'm i'm sorry for for the billy haters out there but I do think it's a reasonable question. I don't think that they will let sure. it go, though. Yeah, um, I don't think so either. I, but in, in, like you said, though, is it's all about the context of how it happens. Like if they go out there and they just don't look right, yeah. they don't play hard, you know. But if you go out there and you play the Nuggets and you take them to seven and you lose in the first round, like that's not a time where you're just like, you oh, yeah, your fire Billy. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. like, no, they lost game seven in Denver, you know, to a team that's been superior all season to them. Like, no, that's kind of a what happens yeah um and we don't know like two years ago we've seen the best and worst of billy in the playoffs right like the jazz or the the year they went all the way to the western conference finals like there were really multiple times where people were like dude he's out coaching everybody on the floor um yeah and then you have him against the rockets in the year that russ did whatever he wanted and you're like i don't think billy knows what he's doing uh and that was more rotational than it was anything and then last year like Dude, this team had real problems, and he was stuck between a rock and a hard place. It's like, what do you do with the, a gigantic personality like Mello, who is literally dragging your team into the depths? You know, mm-hmm. like, and so there are like some built-in kind of parts of that, and so we don't know. Like, I, I'm excited to see like what does Billy look like in the next year with the same team because he really hasn't had that either. Yeah, uh, a single one of his years, and so well with a I, Russell Paul-led team. And, yeah, I mean. And people, there's questions in here like, what could they do in the offseason? We'll get there. We will have a lot of content about the offseason, yes. I promise We're not you. ready. We're not ready. We'll, we'll have a ton of draft conversation. We'll talk oh. a lot about trades. Like, we got all of that coming. We, but we will get early. there. <laughs> and I would not, 
I would not be surprised to see this team make you know big additions. Like Sam Presti is going to stay aggressive. You know, like everybody's you, you can't just call this run today. Like I I think they're going to they're going to try some stuff. So um you know, Sam always does when he doesn't think his team's good enough, he's going to try to make some changes. And so uh let's see. This is from at Paul R. Valentine. What finish would make Andrew lose his optimism going into the playoffs? What finish would return optimism to Thunder Twitter? I mean, I think if they can get 50 games, we talked a little bit about this before we started. Uh, if the Thunder could somehow get to 50 games. Which is finishing 8-3. and 8-3. Three. and three, Which, you look at the schedule, and I mean, it... It's not impossible. It feels impossible now. Like I get, I get it. Like it feels impossible, but I think if they could finish eight and three, the rest of the way, I think that definitely optimism would return. Even if they won forty nine games, if they go seven and four, I think some optimism could return. But I think like the this home, they have a little bit of a home stand here. After they play against Toronto tonight, they play at Toronto Friday, Monday in Memphis. And then they get Pacers, Nuggets, uh, Mavericks, Lakers, Pistons at home. You should win four out of five of those. I mean, they'll be favored in they four should. out of five of those. Yeah, you should be. Detroit's should. playing better, but you should be. You'll be favored in four out of five of those. You should beat all of these guys uh, except Denver. But also, like, you should beat Denver once this season. Sure, <laughs> you should do yeah. that. Like, this team is still good enough to do that. I know it doesn't feel like it. Then they go at Minnesota, which will surely be a loss because it's impossible to win in Minnesota, apparently, unless you're every other team in the NBA. <laughs> they play Houston at home, which is a huge game. And then they play huge. on the road on April 10th against Milwaukee. Which is a, which is a back-to-back. It's a back-to-back. Um, they, you know, And if they lose that one, that's... Who knows? Like Milwaukee you know. may be comfortable enough to where they just literally don't play anybody. Right. You know, they lose at Toronto. They lose one of these games at home against Indiana, Denver, Dallas, Lakers, Detroit. And then they lose, then they go two and two and one against Minnesota, Houston, Milwaukee. And yeah, that, even that's one 50. and two puts you at that 49 50 game, right? You didn't get to 40. If you lose two of those, you're at 49. You know, and in good position. Like, the schedule's been definitely been awful. But down the stretch, like they play a lot at home. They only have four road games during the stretch, which is good for this team because they they have won a lot at home. And I know they just lost to Miami at home. I know. I, the outlook would be a lot better today if they just won that Miami game. I get it. And you know sure. what? Blame Russell being a big, big dummy. You know? Yeah. And you look for somebody like, to blame, blame him. I will say this. Like all of this can turn. If they show up tonight and lay an egg – if they lay an egg tonight, then I'm telling you, Friday's podcast will be very, very depressing. Oh, it could get darker. It could get darker. It could get darker. No question. Uh, okay. Anything else you got, Jay? Before we go? No, oh, man. It's it, it. You're like I, dude. I understand. I understand the frustration. Like I get it. Like dude, it's been a a just brutal run. Um, we kind of knew it would come. You just were hoping that the Thunder would would play because if they were playing the way they were playing in January, then they don't lose half of these games, um, right? You know, and that's the frustrations you've seen. And, you know, it's different when your expectations are high because mm-hmm. you've seen this team at their best, and when you see them at their best, and then watch them at their worst, you're just like, why can't they be what they were? Right. And and uh, and we don't know. Like we don't know what's going on. We don't know some of the other details. But one of those things is is that. The season's not over, um, you know, and, and you hope they can put a run together. And that's that's what we're all just kind of waiting on. But, man, if it doesn't turn around soon, it is go- Thunder Thunder Twitter is going to implode. And so, yeah, but where I just no stay fear. away, I back away. Yeah, from, I know. I just delete from my account. It's, it, dude, it's, it's so toxic. Like, honestly, yes. like I, I just can't be a part of it. I just yep. can't do it. Um but we got a big game tonight. Man. Big game. It should be a lot of fun. Wednesday, tonight, 8.30 p.m., Nick Collison retirement. If you're, there, if you're there, enjoy. And also, you can go meet your 
the podcasting legend, legend Jay Smith at the game. Yeah, tonight, I'll so. be there. You can talk to me. I'll be the one in a Russell Westbrook jersey. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our show. <laughs> Go leave us a five-star iTunes review, please. It would mean so much to us. It's super easy if you have an iPhone. Click on your Purple Podcast app. Search down to dunk. Hit five stars. Boom. If you'd like to leave a, a note for us, I read all of them. Uh, they mean a lot to us. That would be wonderful as well. Hope you guys have a great day. Follow Jay on Twitter at J, the letter J, Ralph Smith. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. You can follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Just have a great day. Just just have a great day despite yeah, what's happening smi- with the thunder. Smile. Okay? Smile a little bit today. Smile at somebody. Give somebody a hug. Have an awesome day. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday.